Awesome. So I'm really excited. We have another episode of Becoming Cosmic For You podcast. And today we have Sanel with us, who's sitting right next to the beach in Thailand. Okay. So he's got the most beautiful surroundings around here and he's got a lovely smile on his face. So, you know, surroundings and environment are everything, right, Sanel? <laughs> I know. It's just... Uh... just adds so much value you know when you just can see nature and movement instead of close to walls because um it does it just kind of feels like nothing is changing when you're always in 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 like in a close to walls sort of scenario and when you're in nature you can kind of see no moment is the same and everything is changing at all times and you kind of embrace the embrace that everything is changing mm, and it's just yeah. natural you know and uh, not so we don't tend to become so much more attached to or resistant to change so mm. yeah. yeah i agree yeah nature always reminds me how beautiful change is as well because you know here in the uk we have four different seasons And everyone moans about the weather in the UK, but I absolutely love the fact that we go from season to season and there's always something new. I just, I, I love that. You know, I love all the I seasons know. the same. I don't particularly love the rain so much because, you know, you can't do much here in the rain, but I love the change and I love nature. And also the weather, also the weather in UK is just so unpredictable. It makes us realize how, uh, how non-linear You know, the nature of life is how we cannot just have like a very like fixed plan. We kind of have to work with so many different things and the weather and everything has to kind of go together. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's yeah. a beautiful point because I always say like I have zero rules in my life. I have two children. And when you have children, you have to have almost zero rules because they... need the the breadth and the and the width and the space to just be themselves right and I think if we come in with rules around children they're like uh, 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 that's not how it's gonna be <laughs> have you have you got a family and, and children yeah yeah I have a three-year-old and I'm expecting another uh in four months oh wow so... So the, even um, in my three-year-old, you know, ever since he learned certain words and started gaining more individuality, you know, how he asserts himself, like, you know, uh, states his boundaries and like, no, and like, we, <laughs> we really yeah. like, you know, it's just, um, you can kind of see how, uh, how, you know, change changes kind of so so evident in our face especially with babies and children because they're more like in that place where they are very sponge like you know very much uh, ready to adapt and it's very curious something mm -hmm. that we kind of tend to lose you know as we become adult mm -hmm. not lose that sense of curiosity with life and, and tend to become more closed off and make make premature conclusions yeah oh it doesn't work and so and so rather than oh how do i make it work you know what can i do 
to make this work, you know, and be really curious about that. And just, uh, yeah, something that we can all kind of uh, bring back to ourselves, a sense of curiosity. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I always say that my children are my greatest teachers, you know, because they teach me so much about having fun in the purest sense and how to connect with that joy. Children don't ever think I'm not going to get that way or I'm not going to get that thing. They just know. <laughs> they know oh, they're yeah. going to get it, right? They don't always actually get it because obviously we have to have boundaries as well as kids, as adults and kids. Um, I know. It's just like, I think it's just, it's just a, it's a whole journey for both of us as parents and us also as children. And mm. we both uh, can see aspects of our parents and, you know, everything kind of showing up and we kind of, maybe we we didn't like that when mm. we were, <laughs> we were at the, at the fact with it, you know. Mm. Yeah. And now you, you, you can do that because you're in that role. You know, and uh, <laughs> but you still are like, okay, you know, you want to work on yourself and change those aspects also, you know, and not just, of course, you can kind of carry on with it, but yeah, just makes you really look within, you know, in your personality. So things that we hereditarily acquire from our parents as coping mechanism. Mm. for their insecurities and things like that yeah oh yeah children definitely have this beautiful unique way of like cracking you open in all the ways right and and being yeah. a mirror to you and and call, I mean I've got a six-year-old and an eight-year-old so mine are a little bit further older than yours but um my six-year-old will just call anyone out on their bullshit. Like, she doesn't care. Like, if she doesn't feel aligned to what she's hearing or seeing, she will tell people. And she will tell complete strangers as well. She doesn't mince her words, you know. And I just think it's so beautiful that we're given this opportunity to bring these people in, these beings who have chosen us in this lifetime, right, to be and crack open this world in such a magnificent way and I just I just find parenthood absolutely fascinating and triggering and expensive and all the things yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean we we as adults have a lot more challenges right I mean for children everything is just kind of a one one big thing one big uh, chunk but whereas we as adults as we grow we have to see we had to departmentalize, compartmentalize different areas, relationship, work. This is my you know, leisure time. That's my thing. You know, We had to kind of put it all. And then we need to have different masks uh, to match those contexts. And, you know, things, the situation demands from us to be able to participate in those contexts, right? Like if mm. you are going to a parent-teacher association, then you probably have to be a different version of yourself as opposed to the version of you that you can be when you are just with your close friends, for example. Mm. 
I would say that I've got to the stage now. I show up exactly the same as I am. Um, the only thing I filter around usually is when my team are channeling to me because sometimes they they uh, swear and they curse. <laughs> and so I have to be a bit mindful around that, you know, going to school and cursing. But I would say uh-uh. I just show up as I am because I think the, the, this work here is just about dissolving those masks and those identities, right, and realising that, Deep down, we are just souls experiencing. We are not what people have told us we are. So I um, I always just show up as I am. And, uh, you know, if people can't accept that, then that's kind of on them. Yeah, no, I, I was speaking from this uh, perspective. Like, our identities are more like getting created, getting co-created with what is happening with the moment with the situation so if something certain something happens differently our identity that particular identity was that is there that just dissolves and a new identity it it transforms to a new identity emerge as a co-creation with that so i kind of see this is my perspective you know i don't claim it to be the truth or the true version or something just like a model uh, i would say I kind of see, even though I say I'm Sanal, I don't really believe that I'm that. I, I do believe it is a, a mixture of a lot of Sanals mm. uh, in it. But for, of course, you know, when you're in a social context, you know, for the ease of communication, I'm always going to be speaking myself as Sanal. Yeah, that makes sense. Just knowing that we are more than the name, more than what we say, Mm. what we describe ourselves to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's difficult to actually describe what we are, right? Because we are limitless in capability and capacity. and, And so sometimes I find even my name limiting. I'm like, yeah, that's what people call me here. (laughs) I know, but we always ask these kind of questions as if it's just so simple, like, who are you and what do you do? And uh, and these questions can also be so confusing because people often confuse their identity with their, uh, with what they do. Like, mm-hmm. I would be some, I would be, if someone is asking, hey, uh, who are you? I, I can say, well, I am a spiritual mentor. And then that's actually what I do, you know, mm. uh, but it's not who I am. Mm. No, but we often tend to confuse these kind of things like who I am and what I do. They all kind of tend to <laughs> get mixed up together. Yeah, totally. They that do. Limits us. Yeah, and that limits us from being in many different ways because we are stuck in that particular identity. Oh, I am this me, so I cannot be that fun or playful, just east, you know, crazy going, uh, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, you can get stuck in this identities that can limit us. You know, whatever we say I am, it just immediately, you know, neurologically is kind of like equal to we get mm. immediately kind of confined by that very thing. Yeah. So you're right, you know. Just even saying the name, sometimes it is 
limiting. So that's why I said I tend to keep uh, that acknowledgement in my back of my head that I am more than what I describe I am. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, if I use the word I am, I would just say I am everything or I am limitless because how can you possibly be one thing and not another? Um, I think the other thing as well, my team would just say it is like moving out of expectation for others. We see this a lot in um, the 3D world, right? We, we're constantly as a collective in a 3D perspective, usually doing things for other people that don't align with us. And one of the messages that we always like to share is that it's always about what works for you and your heart space and accepting that this is your journey and not anybody else's and you're just bringing people on for the ride <laughs> and what a beautiful ride it is right now right how blessed we are to be in this timeline I mean I don't know what you're experiencing in your timeline to know but the growth and the transformation and the stories coming through are just no, incredible me, yeah for me astrologically I am in in uh, in my Jupiter Mahadasha so it is like a um, and my I have Jupiter in my first house, so it's kind of like a period for me of uh, spiritual expansion. Mm. So I have my sun, sun kind of expanding, and uh, it's kind of a really nice time. I've been kind of uh, going going through so many uh, pathways that I never thought I would actually. Interesting, mm. interesting. That's beautiful. And what are some of the work and projects that you're working on right now to help humanity? Um, right now, I am giving talks here in uh, in Thailand. I'm giving free talks here every week. But apart from that, I'm developing my brand, Spiritualogic. So basically, it is a, 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 a set of ideas that are free of dogmas um, so that we are no more in the age of Pisces, you know, so we are in the age of Aquarius and it's more about knowing more than believing. Mm -hmm. And religions flourished in this time of believing, uh, in the age of believing, and now we are transitioning from it. So I think it's, uh, I'm creating a non-dogmatic path so that people of all religions, of all beliefs can come in and take in something that doesn't, uh, um, demand them to really take a massive leap of new set of beliefs to work, make this work in their life. So that was some of the basic uh, point when I was kind of creating it. And another one was that practice, because usually most of the spiritual paths, you have to kind of like stick with it for quite some time to actually start to reap real rewards from it, whether it's meditation, mindfulness, most of these practices, it comes with uh, at least some time of you actually sticking with it. And uh, usually, if you really look at the statistics, many of the people who often take up these practices, they stop it in a week because they don't really see that kind of fast results, enough results to motivate them to keep going. Mm -hmm. So we, I kind of realized like we need something that doesn't require so much practice. To make it work, something that we can leverage, something that we are already good at, stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, instead of having to develop a new set of skill in order to make something work, 
uh, to leverage some already existing skill set that we already have. Just we are just not using it in an efficient way, so that we can just make tweaks around it and make and can feel immediate changes. You know, in a really fast way. So that was kind of what motivated me. And then I started teaching in universities in India, and I started going around in so many different universities. So I would be spending a week in a university, maybe seeing, spending time with four or five different bachelor students, each with 100 students or so on average. So I'm spending, I spent uh, quite like maybe 10 hours with each batch. So I would go on to different, different universities and I started teaching this stuff. And I started seeing it was kind of profoundly useful, even for, even if it was all stung down or was kind of condensed and given it in in like a very streamlined fast pace even then it was useful so i started kind of teaching this with real people who were struggling with different things like physical issues with a lot of physical pain a lot of mental issues so then i was like okay it's time to really take it out and i put a name for it called it spiritual logic and uh, that's how it began and now I'm actually in the process of doing a TEDx talk on it. So I got an invitation from Austin University. So by fall this year, September or something, I might possibly be coming to US for that. Nice. Well done. Sounds like you've been busy traveling. And how would you say like spirituality is different in different countries? Do you experience like different um, people diff looking at different things or I imagine India is quite a spiritual country anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, spirituality at this point, looking at from all sorts of different religions and from its point of view, what I understand that is it acts like a map for us to navigate through mm. this life complexity that we are all born in you know mm -hmm. uh, and some of these maps are more useful than others and all maps are useful in some places they serve better and so but you need to understand that we are working with a map and not mistake the map for the territory not think that this is the whole truth and the only truth and you get stuck with it these ideas mm. that we get we are getting so that's what I understand. So that's what we need to kind of cultivate this idea that is, this is kind of like a map and the map is not the territory and we can always enrich and transform the map, you know, and consciously we get to do that. And that's something that is always within our choice, within our power to do. And mm -hmm. if we only see that as a map, we get to do that if we start mistaking it for the territory, we are not going to even look for anything now. We are going to be closed off to everything else other than how we see it. You know? mm. so we, are going to, we are going to be stuck in that how I see is how it is rather than realizing how I see is just that, how I see. Mm. Don't get wedded to the perception. You know? mm. now, the, oh, the, yeah. The map, yeah. So it's just like for me to see how useful those maps are uh, at this point because some people I know uh, you are familiar with the concept of karma right pardon sorry 
Are you familiar with the concept of karma? Karma, and... yes, sorry, yeah. Okay. So, in um, for example, some people, their life is going really good. Everything is going fine. Uh, for them, karma is a good concept. You know, because then they think, okay, so I'm <laughs> reaping the rewards of what I have already done. So that means, uh, you know, things are good. So for them, karma is a good concept. You know, it mm -hmm. serves them fine. But let's just say someone is really struggling. Some big accidents happen. Some uh, huge, uh, someone is passing away and they're in grief. Karma is not very useful, you know, or so, some big life challenges are showing up. And karma is not very useful. You can, because it can, it depends on the person. It can be completely not useful and can keep a person in a stuck place thinking that they have done something terribly bad and they don't know and they just are going into the belief like oh yeah i i deserve this that's why i'm mm -hmm. having it because that's the concept of karma you 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 reap what you sow so <laughs> so so it's so that's what i'm saying or for example someone else could completely be having karma not at all in their map and be uh, be thinking in terms of randomness thinking of something random happened yeah. never underestimate the power of randomness as a force in the universe mm -hmm. because of course random things happen but if you start to make connection we are always going to fall for the karma thing you know? mm -hmm. we are like oh yeah no no everything is connected oh it's karmic it's karma oh yeah this happened because of so and so and we make up stories mm -hmm. and these stories are not going to help you either because the stories are unless you are stepping out of the feeling those stories are not helping if you are just keeping yourself stuck in that place then that story is not helping so you know whether the story is helpful or not based on how easily you are able to move on through the states because the uh, the actual time period for an emotion to exist neurologically speaking is 10 to 30 seconds so unless you do something to recreate the feeling or something similar to it by through conscious participation. So let's just say you're feeling anxiety and as soon as you start to feel that anxiety, you are thinking, oh, oh, I don't like this feeling. And now the new feeling can already begin because our left brain is like the language center, the speaking and the thinking center. There's the right brain seat of emotion. So as soon as you start feeling the emotion, the left brain starts thinking and then a whole new thing begins. Yeah. That thing about stories and perception is really powerful. And the thing is, when you've been through a lot of trauma, you get to the stage where you have to be absolutely thankful for it all. I say you have to be thankful for the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. Because if you're not, you're not able to shift your perception into anything new anyway because, like you said, you'll just get stuck in that pattern of, you know, why is this happening to me? This is bad karma. But in reality, all the bad things that happen are just life lessons for you to grow through. They're not bad. It's just the universe is always working for you, not against you. And I think if anyone could just, if I could implant anything into people's minds, it would probably be that. Just be thankful for it all because it's there to teach. It's not there no, to no. rob you from anything.
it's there to no, give you a lesson. As soon as these kind of situations happen, they kind of go into remembered pain. That's that's how trauma works. You know, they they go into all the memories that they have uh, related that felt similar or worse. You know, so they remember all the pain and also they anticipate it into the future. Also, so that's how they get stuck into the in the now with the feeling. So it is it is really about like you said also about acknowledging the fact that whatever happens i'm okay you know really being grounded in that understanding that whatever happens no matter what i'm okay mm. you know yeah because and, there's no yeah. guarantees i always say like everything is perfect i am perfect and it's all working out perfectly you know even if and even when things don't look that way in your reality because if you are able to shift that perception, you can move through things really, really fast and quickly. And you don't have to stick in that pattern of the same thing. Feeling sorry yeah. for yourself, feeling stuck in that energy that feels really crappy. Like just move your body, right? Move through it, take action. Action is the quickest way of getting through any kind of doubt or fear or procrastination, even if it's not perfect. Just do it anyway. I always tell tell my clients the same thing. Just get the fuck on with it. <laughs> just just get on with the, it. You know, the problem the problem is that most of the time, action is always happening in the present, right? Like when you can, or the only place where you can take an action is in the present, in the now. But most of the times, we we procrastinate and postpone it into an activity, so we put it put it for later. And then we are not feeling the inspiration that we were originally feeling at the moment when we were feeling inspired to take that action. Mm -hmm. Now we are trying to do it at a certain time. So, but all that inside feelings and everything that's not aligned. So you're not mm -hmm. congruent. So then you procrastinate and end up not doing those things. So, like you said, action, like really inspired action, especially mm -hmm. when you are connected to that original impetus taking action in that moment, whether however small of an action it is, maybe it can be a very small step towards that direction, but however small it is, as soon as you commit and take an action, now all the forces in the universe can come together and all sort of possibilities and opportunities can open up for you. Yeah. Yeah, so true. Exactly. Absolutely so true. It has to be aligned. Um, I see a lot of this in the coaching space, a lot of hustling and pushing and people creating resistance around setting really big goals I don't know what it's like in I mean I deal with mainly and work with mainly females but I see a lot of like um kind of injured um masculine energy within the coaching industry where people are hustling and pushing and not taking aligned action and trying to do it someone else's way with their strategy and I just think if you haven't got your heart 100% in it it's never going to work for you. It's just not. <laughs> Give it up. Most of it you love, right? <laughs> I know. I know. You have to, it, ha it has to be beyond goals. It has to mm. be beyond goals because goals are always going to be external world oriented, like the goals mm. that we make. And the point is to just really dive under and really connect to that abstract feeling or that value that you're really looking for as a payoff 
from the reaching of those goals. So that's mm -hmm. what you really want to discover. Once you have a grip on that, once you know, oh, it's freedom that I'm really looking for from having this goal mm -hmm. achieved. So once you have that, now it frees you in a variety of ways. You can realize that freedom in your life because that's what you really want, that freedom. And once you know that, now you're not stuck with it because otherwise you're thinking, well, this is what I want, but that's not what you really want. What you really want mm. is something abstract, something that mm. is not really outside. So once you connect to that, now you can go out into the world and there's so many, you can ask yourself, orient yourself by asking this question, like, is this taking me more to my freedom or away from it, you know? Mm. You can ask literally questions that orient yourself. Okay, what do I want to do that makes me feel even more freedom, you know? Mm. Wake up and ask questions that is aligned with their real values, you know? Mm. I love that point because that's what I always say. It's about the feeling of what you get on the journey, right? If, if you know this work, yeah. work is working for you, You'll be seeing it with your eyes and you'll be feeling it. And it's about being really honest about those feelings as well. I don't think many people are that honest and say, is this for me because it feels good or is this not for me because it doesn't feel good? And I think people really need to anchor into their feelings. But, you know, a, a lot of beings have been very, very wounded. And so a lot of beings can't even feel that for mm -hmm. themselves what that feels right right which is why you, and my team said when you were talking about freedom they said there's also this notion around safety you know people want more money or bigger houses or um whatever those external goals because they want that safety because they're not feeling it inside right because their inner child never it's had that nice. safety and it's like well you're never going to get to a point when you get that safety if you're always wanting more and more and more. You have to accept where you are now and then be thankful for everything else because everything else is just the cherry on the top, right? And that where you are now is is the groundedness. It's it's the knowing. It's it's the present moment. Yeah. Also about the safety, it's it's like. You know, if safety is coming from the circumstance, from the outside, then it's not really anything that you get to really solidly have. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to have you get to have safety coming in two different ways. You get to either have it coming from the outside, let it let the outside world give you that feeling of oh, I'm safe, or you get to have that feeling of safety because you believe in your own competence in handling whatever comes up mm. so you it's not because of whatever is going on outside it's, it has nothing to do with outside whatever happens outside you have this you have a strong certainty in your own competence and capability mm. and resourcefulness mm. in handling and creating good results with whatsoever that comes up or emerges mm whatsoever life situation is so you have that safety but it's coming from within mm. you know so you are asking the question what is it that i can do to make myself feel more safe mm. you know so rather than oh am i safe am i safe because that am i safe makes it feel like the safety is outside 
so if you are asking what is it that i can do to make me feel more safe so that's about you being in your power mm-hmm. you know asking yourself okay what is it that i can do to make myself feel more safe so, mm-hmm. so it's you being in your power making yourself feel more safe rather than the other way around Mm, so it's, uh, so yeah, it's true. always like, yeah. It's so true. Uh, yeah, I talk about trust a lot as well because trust is everything, right? Trust in yourself. And I always say, like, I have trust in my team, who I refer to as, you know, my cosmic guides and spirit or whatnot. But the, the person and the entity and the being that I trust the most in the world is myself because I know that whatever I've been through, I've survived through it and I've become a better person, a, a more expansive being. So you only ever got to trust yourself implicitly because everyone else is just around you doing their own thing, right? And if you can trust yourself in every decision and everything that you do and everything you experience and everything else is just like i don't know it's like a simulation around you isn't it it's, it's kind of just reacting to to you it's, i know it's it, it it is highly likely that we are in a simulation like you said <laughs> <laughs> you know the elon musk himself was telling that you know the chances of we being in a baseline reality is one in a billion yeah so it's highly likely that we are not in baseline reality means. Mm, yeah. It is, it is, yeah, it is uh, because we do have like the smallest sort of uh, exact uh, sort of replica for a pixel to a 2D world, to, for a 2D dimension. We do have the same sort of equivalent for our 3D uh, world. So it is like pixelated, and if you really look at our body, we are our body cell is vibrating at a 0.7 volt electricity. So we have an electric mm-hmm. body, and uh, just like looking at everything, it doesn't feel so natural. Look, mm-hmm. Looking like a very highly intelligent, constructive work, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> precision to detail you know and self-organizing itself like you know the baby self-organize themselves coming out like you have to control the intelligence going to that (laughs) Mm. oh yeah the 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 birthing process is certainly very empowering for everybody involved and it it fascinates me absolutely fascinates me right Mm. Fascinates you because you know you're not, yeah, you are participating in some way, but you're not doing anything at the same time. But everything gets done. Mm. You're just holding <laughs> space for this baby to do yeah. whatever it needs to do for the moment yeah. and, and try, try to uh, stay connected, but not. It's, um yeah, it's quite interesting how birthing yeah. process mirrors real life, really. Well, I say real yeah. life, but. I see this kind yeah. of like 3D reality as like a game with different layers, you know, and different levels, not saying there's a hierarchy yeah. in spirituality or in life, but I always see it as you need to master. I do feel the, I do feel the game effect of it when I am like uh, on Tanga or something like that. I can feel the game effect of it, like a, like a, a cosmic game of it. You know? mm. 
process like the way it's gone and you can see really like how extreme the game can get <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but it's so fun right this this game that we get to partake in i think humans I um i think humans sometimes uh take things a little bit too seriously here on earth and and we... also there is at this point of time there is safe uh plant in the oceans that we can work with that can give us a different fresh perspective on things you know and uh, because things that are non-addictive and uh, just uh, non-toxic in nature and promote a lot of neurogenesis and uh, neuroplasticity within our brain also at the same time. So there's a lot of therapeutic value on top of it. Mm. So everyone should, I would feel like, to have a real perspective shift for some people uh, because the mind, the brain, we, we can get rigid in a very sort of stuck way, you know. And that's what these plant medicines and infusions, they're really good at. They just shake things up, like <laughs> really shake it up, you know. It's not so all the networks, all the, all the kind of walls that keeps all the networks separate and everything all those walls come down and all of a sudden there's way too much information getting passed around between all these networks in the brain and the brain start to generate a world that is way more dynamic and complex and flexible and mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so fun though i love it here i do love it here after being here for quite a while, I do love it here now. <laughs> um, Why not? <laughs> so where can people find you, Sonal, if they want to find out more about what you do and, and be in your energy? Where's the best place to kind of stalk you, if um, they like? Yeah, so people who are really interested to learn more about this uh, spiritual logic, this methodology I was speaking about, they, uh, they can... Go and go to the website um, masterclass.spiritualogic.com and uh, just, um, put in their email and uh, can watch an one and a half hour uh, masterclass on this methodology. And also, uh, they are free to go and check out the website www.spiritualogic.com so you can um, read more about how the origin of this methodology and how the different elements of it go and uh, the case studies of people who have worked with this, uh, who have been struggling with their life uh, with a different kind of challenges. Mm. So yeah, and also uh, anyone interested to connect and keep in touch on social medias. There, my handle is Wisdom with Sanal. So, uh, Wisdom with and my name Sanal S A N A L. Okay, beautiful. Me. Thank you so much for being here and also sharing your view with with me before. It looked amazing. 
So um, I'm going to thank our listeners and our watchers and our readers for tuning in today. And so now what we'll do is we'll circulate your links and uh, whatever bio you want us to circulate in the podcast and on our socials so people can find you. And what I'll do is I'll stop the recording and then we'll have a little chat, okay? So thank you so much for being here and sharing your energy and your space and your time with us. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It was uh, it was a beautiful co-creation. I felt like, you know, the topics just flew into so many different areas. Beautiful. Thank you so much.